listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's spotlight the departure of Michael Bennett and Richard Sherman from Seattle with Greg Bell, Tacoma News Tribune. Greg, we know you're busy, so we'll keep it concise and take it one player at a time. Let's go back to Michael Bennett being dealt to Philadelphia. Do you think the primary motivation for Seattle there was Bennett's age, 32, or the amount of money he was making? Uh, hi, Brian. Both, because although it was only $2.2 million they saved in dealing into the Eagles, that was about one-sixth of their available salary cap space at the time. And now with the Richard Sherman, they have more than that. He's 32. He played through three injuries last year. He has a toe, a big toe that's almost sideways. He's had for years and had treatment and injections on. He's torn plantar fascia in his foot and a bruised knee. He played the last four games of last season with. Yet he still had eight and a half sacks, 24 quarterback hits, only J.J. Watt and Carlos Dunlap have hit the quarterback more in the last five years than, than Michael Bennett, who's been in three straight Pro Bowls, played in his third straight Pro Bowl in January. So he's still productive, even at age 32. But it was a salary cap move, and the Seahawks ended up giving him $17 million guaranteed in an extension they signed with him in December 2016, yet he never played it down under that deal. That extension begins this year, so the Eagles – have three years of a contract with him, and I'm not sure he'll play all three of those years, but for sure he's going to be more effective and be able to play longer when he plays fewer snaps in the Eagles' rotation than he had to in Seattle. Seattle's defensive line, Brian, got so thin, Bennett was playing 85% of the snaps last season, which is 20 25% higher than he was at his best in the Seahawks' Super Bowl years. And now it'll be a team with Fletcher Cox in Philadelphia. Let's move to Earl Thomas. If he's on the trade block, do you think Seattle can get more for him in a deal in return than they got from Philadelphia for Bennett? Well, he's the only guy on the team who could command what the Seahawks don't have this draft year, and that's the second and third round pick. They traded those for Sheldon Richardson and Dwayne Brown in the go-for-it moves during last season that didn't pan out, and Seahawks missed the playoffs anyway for the first time in six years. But Thomas is the only one on the roster the only one of the three-time pro bowler who's relatively healthy a year removed from his broken leg who could command what the Seahawks need in the draft. But I think the moves this week of trading Bennett and releasing Richard Sherman today really skyrocket the chances that Earl Thomas is the man who gets the extension and will stay in Seattle beyond 2018. Of course, this is the last year of his contract, and he's made no secret he wants to stay in Seattle but wants a deal done now. And he wants Eric Berry type $40 million guaranteed money to do it. The Seahawks aren't ready to do that yet because they don't have the cap space and know what they're going to be financially even into this year yet. But they will soon. And I think that there was never a chance they were going to re-up both Sherman and Thomas. I think this week's moves show that Thomas may be the man that they've decided they want to go ahead with beyond 2018. I think his chances of being traded have gone down because of this week as well. Again, because I think that now they're going to work on keeping him beyond this season. We're talking Seahawks with Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Tribune. Greg, I can understand the financial motivation for Richard Sherman not to have an agent represent himself, but do you think there could be a negative impact in not having an agent as now he's looking for a new team to play for? Well, Brian, he's going in blindly, or at least more blindly now into free agency than he would have with an agent. The agent here in the last 48 hours could have sniffed around the league and, and the agents have contacts beyond the players they're representing at the time they call teams, of course. They have it from prior relationships, from other clients. So agents could have gotten a word, his agent could have gotten a word of, hey, I think Team X will offer you this much money for this year. And that would give him at least a little bit of an idea of the market for him before he 
decided with the Seahawks what to do here. Make no mistake, Sherman pushed for this resolution today. He wanted it to get done sooner than later. If the Seahawks, once the Seahawks made it clear to him they weren't going to pay him his $11 million due to him this year in salary, and once he said, I'm not renegotiating or restructuring down, then he wanted release so he could go shopping before the market opens on Wednesday. But because he doesn't have an agent, it complicates that he doesn't know right this point what the market is. He's making those calls right now to find out what some team might get him. He, I learned from a league source that he officially failed a physical, the exit physical at the end of last season, which entitles him to injury protection, which the CBA says for this league year is $1.15 million, but he's not getting an injury settlement that could be um, negotiated and he could have gotten a higher price for that. So, if he's going to get his $11 million he thought he was going to get from the Seahawks in 2018, he's going to have to get about $10 million of it from another team. And I'm not saying that some team won't give a three-time All-Pro $10 million at the second most position, important position in sports, but he's turning 30. He's coming off the Achilles surgery and the second Achilles surgery recently that's had him in a boot. Uh, it's going to be a challenge to get the money he thought he was going to get before this week in 2018 from another team. Don't be surprised, though, if there's, Brian, there's some cap team that has a lot of cap room, like San Francisco, who will make a run at giving him a one-year prove-it deal and with his pride and motivation set him up for one more big unrestricted free agency payday next year this time. And New England, the New England Patriots seem to find a way to sign guys like this. And as galling as that would be to Seattle, it's not out of the realm that the Patriots could have Richard Sherman in their secondary this season. If he lands with the Niners, back to the San Francisco Bay Area where he played his college football at Stanford. Let's wrap it up with the perception that Sherman is not the player he was, and that's understandable, not only now coming back from the Achilles injury, but he'll be 30 at the end of the month. You watch this team play with a careful eye. How much of a decline have you seen from Sherman in recent years? Not much, to be honest with you. And there are quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks in this league, including Aaron Rodgers, who still won't throw at him. And uh, teams start to get creative and move their guys around and, and dare the Seahawks to play man-to-man with Sherman and move Sherman into the slot in recent years. And he wasn't as effective there as he was in Seattle's zone coverage and over-the-top uh, single-high safety. And that's where Sherman excelled, press coverage, and Earl Thomas Roman behind him. The Seahawks did less of that the last couple of years. Some of it was because of health, and, and Thomas wasn't there for part of 2016. But until he got hurt, uh, Achilles in Arizona in November, he was still a, a corner that, if not shut down that side of the field, certainly teams threw a lot less to that side than the other side. And the, team, and the Seahawks knew coming into games with Sherman on the left side, that they had 10 other defenders basically to cover two-thirds of the rest of the two-thirds of the field. And that's a huge advantage. What happened at the end of Sherman's tenure in Seattle is the Seahawks' pass rush wasn't as effective as it was earlier when they were winning the games all those, and, and going to Super Bowls. And then Sherman had to cover for longer. And any cornerback in the NFL can only cover for a certain amount of time because of the rules of the game and how hard it is to cover NFL wide receivers. And that started what showing a little bit of the numbers that Sherman gave up in catches. He didn't have the pass rush supporting him and quarterbacks getting the ball out as quickly as in previous years. I think he can still play at age 30. The two Achilles will be a, a factor in when he can get back on the field. Brian, he was supposed to get back on the field in around June, running again from the Achilles surgery in November. The fact he had a second one, a clean up one of his bone spurs, 
suggest that might push him toward training camp or even later, but I expect him to be in another uniform for another team for game one in 2018. Greg, we know it's been an extremely busy 48 hours for you, so we appreciate you creating the time to join us today on the NFL on TuneIn. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.